rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 20, The Rant. Sandeep Singh, being raised all around South Asian Basketball League. He was playing, stat keeping, and finally officiating at a gym near you. Sandeep Singh has always been around. He sits down with The Rant to describe him watching his older cousins, how he got involved with stat keeping at SABL, and now officiating under the Queens Boys Officials Board 119. My conversation with Sandeep, now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, and I'm with a special guest, Sandeep Singh. How are you, my man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, man. You just got out of class. Awesome. You said you're going to get some Chick-fil-A. What a Hicksville thing to do. Get some Chick-fil-A right before you go home. It's the closest one, so you know I'm definitely going to take advantage of that. You know there's one in Roosevelt Field now, right? I heard, yes. It's it's open. Okay, so I met, I met Sandy. He has been doing the book, the clock, the stats at SABL for as long as I've been working there. I've been there for three years. Um, and this young man decided to grow a pair and uh, get certified for basketball. And he is now a proud member of Board 119 in Queens. So let's just talk about your whole journey before everything. How did you get involved in a game of basketball in general? Uh, well, you know, played it in elementary school. was on the elementary school team. Uh, played a little bit in middle school. High school, I didn't really play that much. Didn't have too much time. But, you know, then I started playing in SABL. Um, started playing with my friends, my cousins. And we put teams in sometimes and see how it goes. Now, how long have you been playing in SABL? My first season was, I want to say, 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, played on Tuesdays with the with the Panthers. Mandeep, you know you know those guys. Yes, I do. And uh, I actually won Rookie of the Year. You did that season, yes. W- what constitutes being the Rookie of the Year? I'm not aside sure, from being but, the but, first year. Uh, I guess he looked at statistics most, and uh, I was averaging like solid nine points per game. Okay. And if anyone doesn't know about SABL, you get a trophy for so many things, including Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, yes, most have, rebounds. You have everything. Rebounds, assists, steals, block, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, it's, it's a way for cash to get everyone something for you know, what they achieved during the season. So that's interesting that you first started playing, and then um, I, I always thought that you did stats first, then played. No, no, no. I did stats first. Oh, you did do stats playing. first. Yes. Okay, so how did you get into doing so, stats? I've actually been involved in SCBL for a really long time. So the league was founded, I think, in like 2006. I was really young back then. But in about like 2010, when I was like 10 years old, I started coming to games because my cousins played. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where, you know, where I started meeting everyone. And they were like, I was like four feet back then. Right. And then you know, as the years kept going, I kept going to more games. And that's actually where I met John. And John would see me every Sunday. I was also wearing my Kathy. And, uh, you know, just, that's where the relationship first started. And then 
it's it's led to where we are today. Well, what did what did John and Kathy say to you when you were a young lad? I mean, just you know, John's great with the kids, so that uh, he is, and just you know, made me feel comfortable, made me feel like family. And, and it's actually a funny story how I started here. So Let's hear it. it was like a it was like a random Sunday. I think it was I was like 14 years old, right? And and my cousin was playing a game. You know, his name's Sook, uh, and and he had the first game. He was playing with cash, and. And Kathy was working, John was refereeing. So I came to watch the game, and and the other stat keeper didn't show up, right? So they're, like, all, like, oh, who's going to, you know, stat keep with Kathy? And then um, I was sitting there, and they, John asked, comes over to me, he asks, you know, you want to do stat keeping? We'll pay you. And I was thinking, like, I'm going to get paid for this, like, say less. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then you know, cash came over, you know, th- th- at that point, the iPad was relatively new. That's when we started using the iPad. Mm-hmm. So he taught me how to use it, and I worked that game. And Kathy was with me, so it was a it's a good first experience. Okay, so after you filled in, were they like, "We're gonna keep you on retainer, and we're gonna keep giving you more games"? Right, right. So after the game, John was like, "You know, I have a lot of games, a lot of work. You know, if you want to do it, you know, just let me know." And so after I got his number, and then he started giving me games, and from there it just really spiraled on. And after that. I got all my cousins involved, and now I'm basically in charge of the whole thing. Mm. So you do all the scheduling for the people that are doing the stats? That is correct, And yes. sometimes if they can't fill in, you have to still fill in, right? Right. So if no one can do it, basically I'm last resort. So okay. I'll well, be there. I, I still see you doing it a lot, so you must be the first resort and last resort. <laughs> well, it's a good way to make money. Yeah, you now. enjoy doing and, it. And, and refereeing still, you know, it's still picking up. You know, I'm not going to get a lot of games at first, obviously, but... Uh, stack keeping always my first love. So, so I I know that, and we talked about this with Sharon as well. I'm looking at that iPad and I see what you guys are doing, and I think it's amazing that you're able to pay attention, talk, and be in cahoots with the person that's doing the clock, as well as being on your phone, as well as watching what's going on in the game, as well as somebody like me distracting you. How long did it take for you to get proficient in being able to input all the stats? Right, right. So basically, at first, when you start, you need the person next to you to tell you everything that's happening. Because mm. you you never watch the game because you're too busy trying to figure out where all the buttons are, you know, where the numbers are, what to put in. So it takes a while. It took me, I want to say, maybe a, a year. A year. To be able to do the iPad myself without anyone talking to me. Mm. But so you still had deep concentration, like you still needed to be concentrated. Right, right. You need to be watching the game. Okay. 100%. And then you watch it, see what happens, memorize it, go back, uh, enter into the iPad, watch the next play. The same thing keeps going for the whole game. Wow. So you're at the point where you can see a sequence and you can break down. Number 14 had a defensive rebound. Number 13 had a missed shot. Number 7 picked that up with an assist. Right, right. And then now we're on to the next play. The whole thing just sits in my mind. It's like second nature now? Right. It's, it's, It's really simple now. So... How about a disrupt a disruptor like me? So when I'm coming out there and cracking jokes every time I'm coming through half court, does that distract you or does it? It sometimes breaks the peace in the mind, but that, we got the we got the person next to me uh, telling me, you know, whatever I miss. Sometimes, I don't want to. Sometimes I, I'm, I will miss stuff because you know we're not all perfect. So the next person next to me has to. I don't want to ruin your job now. I, I just <laughs> wanted to make it more entertaining for everyone. That's no, no, all. No. We love we love when the referees uh, interact with everyone. All right, it's that's fun good. for everyone. Okay, so. Um, I want to know what planted the seed for you to start refereeing. Now, I will say this, that obviously now I'm a dual member of 119. And one of the big things that pushed me over the edge to make me become dual certified 
is all the guys at SABL. You, Cash, Pop, Khalid, Dave, like such a great right, group right. of guys. So what planted you the seed? Was it the interaction amongst other refs, your interaction with the refs? What made you just even think about doing it? Well, I was never really interested in becoming a referee. Uh, and But John put the put the idea in my mind and really pushed me towards it. How did he say it? He was like, I just want, I want you to become a ref. You know, I was, I was just like, I don't want to pay the $250, you know, it's uh, too mm-hmm, much time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but then over the summer, he was like, you know, you'll make the money back. You'll, you can get, you know, very far into this. So then over this, there was a summer tournament at Island Garden. He introduced me to Ernie. And then from there, I got into the class. Okay, so Ernie was refing there. Ernie was refing there, yes. Mm. Is it the same Ernie that we go, or is it a different Ernie, right? No, that that's Ernie Rudloff. He's the he's the instructor at the at the one nineteen class. Okay, right okay. Here. So you 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 dove into it. You spent the two hundred fifty. What was your first experience of the first day of the class? Yeah, uh, it was it was a full class. It was thirty two people. Uh, you know, they gave a they gave a, a test to see how much we actually know about the rules, mm-hmm. and it was basically the practice test from last year. Like it was the actual test from last year, and so we so the, we we did the questions. I did the first ten questions. You know, I'm confident. I'm like, you know, I know all this stuff. And then we go over it, and I got like maybe four right. And I'm thinking, man, I really don't know, understand this game, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, as the classes went on, learned the game. Uh, for, at, at that class, actually, we we do we do an in class session, and we go to the gym and we practice on mechanics. So we got to know the best of both worlds. Now, how difficult was the going attending those classes at night after you just had a full day of college? Was that really difficult, as well as managing your your time doing the stats at SABL? Right. So, just asking so, as a young man. No, yeah, I understand. So, SABL goes from like Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. So the class just happened to be on a Wednesday, right? So everything kind of just worked out. Mm. But I had school from like eleven to five, and then after that, I'd go to Jackson Heights. Um, for the class at seven, and then I wouldn't be home till like ten thirty, eleven, and that go that class is like seven, eight weeks, so it wasn't too much of a deal. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do at right. that point. So you passed the written test, no problem. Yes, I got a ninety six on the written test. Okay, now let's talk about the floor test, and I'll say this by, <laughs> I'll never forget. Um, it was it was probably like the day before, and you didn't feel like you had enough time, which is completely understandable. Because there's one thing doing the stats and watching refs all the time doing it, but then it's another thing when you're really out there and then you start realizing, and it's the same thing with the stats. Like, if somebody was like, oh, the stats look easy, how do I get a job? And then you say, hold on, there's a lot of things involved. And you know how you just mentioned to me the, the intricacies of memorizing a playing, being able to memorize all those different things to input. It's the same thing with refing. You know, I could say that, in this particular situation, me and Ernie are not going to switch because we have three games, and those are the type of nuances that you don't realize when you're just a spectator. But it's something that me and another ref would understand over time. And, you know, these are the things that you're learning um, over time. So I'll just say that when the day before you had the floor test, you felt like you didn't have enough practice. So me and Tommy the Greek, we brought you in. We told you we were going to shadow you. We made you do a couple of games. We had three games that day. And, you know, we were, we were just basically refining, refining those skills, making sure that you hit the right pockets of what needed to be done. So talk about that night and then talk about the floor test that happened after that. Right, right. So it was, it was, it was actually the, the night before the test. And 
and I actually hadn't been getting too much practice. So I thought I I hit you up, you know, you were going to be at the gym that day. So I was like, you know, maybe me, me and you could, we could talk, figure something out. And then, you know, Tommy was that very helpful uh teaching me he's actually a really good ref yeah and he was helping you so much so like he was like literally holding your hand he was, yeah, no, he was literally straight. like pushing me around telling me where to go where to go <coughs> but uh you know that really helped me understand for the next day you know what to expect and then the the floor test was really simple it was it was a scrimmage between uh cathedral and bayside and me and my partner my partner's also like six eight right so we're both tall you know everyone's watching and we had a we had a great eight minutes we had a great and afterwards, uh, Ernie came over to me. He told me, you know, th- they thought you had the best uh, mechanics out of everyone, right? I was like, how did I have the best mechanics? I only practiced <laughs> one night, right? So, you know, it, you could see some of the other guys, they really didn't, you know, know what they were kind of doing. But I've been around basketball for so long, mm. around, watching so many referees. Right. I, I've un- I, know what, I know what to do in certain scenarios. So, you know, and then af- actually after the test, they asked us to stay, me and my partner, so we did like three extra quarters after so that they could get more scrimmaging. So, yeah. Okay. So now now that you passed, um, how, how has Papa worked you in into the uh, the rotation now? Because obviously I'm pretty sure he's not going to, you know, do what he does for me. Like three of the hardest games, he wants to make sure that you're doing a little bit more easier games. That way they ease into you. So. Right, right. So uh, he's... Started off giving me one game the first Sunday, and I, and you know he set up some basic basic rules. You know, blow the whistle. You know, I'm not gonna get playoff games. Obviously, I'm not. You know, I don't know that much about refereeing yet. But uh, he gave he gives me two games on Sundays now. Um, nothing during the weekday because the weekday I'm usually doing stats. But you know, I'm refereeing on Sundays. I'm, I'm doing another league on Saturday with uh, Cash. Um, I'm the only ref. It's really. Refereeing alone should be illegal. It's it's, it's <laughs> really hard, man. It's Why? really hard. It's you have no one else watching, so everything's on you. And you know, refereeing alone, you miss some stuff because you can't see the whole court. So it's just hard, especially being a new ref, being alone. So you know, I you know, I get a, I'm getting a whole, I'm getting chased after mm. in that league. But you know, it's still fun. The guys are nice. Everyone everyone's cool. But. Uh, You've been talking to me about Island Guard. You know, I don't really have that many opportunities right now, just SABL. But I'm thankful that I have SABL because most guys don't have that either. Yeah, yeah. And and I was gonna say I don't, I can't really speak on 119 and how it starts because I've come later in my career. But I will say that when you pass the class in Nassau County, you don't have the opportunity to do any school games already because by the time you pass the class, all those games are already assigned. So you're already right. behind the eight ball. You're not even doing any of those games. Right. Having said that. Um, some guys don't have the opportunity to have been working for an SABL for 10 years or they haven't been around in adult league. So, you know, it's kind of like dog eat dog. You got to figure out where you can get work. You got to make sure that you know the right people. But that's one of the reasons of this podcast to show that not that it's easy, but there are places and there are people that are willing to speak and give you, you know, support. But, you know, at the same time, you're in a position of your career that you know, some people might look at you territorial. Have you been feeling that, like some sort of animosity with older guys as you've been refing or no? In SCBL? Yeah. Or just in general? Just in general. Uh, I mean, they look at me, they know I'm a, I'm a younger guy, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a new guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I've, I haven't seen anyone give me a hard time. That's good. Um, I'm too nice. I would never, like, say anything back or text someone. It's just, it's just not who I am, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, no one has gone overboard because the thing over there is everyone knows me, 
So, I mean, they might give me a hard time in the future. I mean, I can't predict, but for now, it's been pretty good. Saw, me and Safi talked about it once, and you know, he said everyone's been calm. He's actually a really good ref. You know, he, he never says anything to anyone. Right. That's his job. Um, He's completely different when he plays, though. Yeah, no, so when he, it's the thing with time. me, it's just me and him, we just yell at the refs. I don't yell at the ref, one, well, I don't play, but when I do play, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to say anything to the ref, <laughs> definitely not, right, right, right. but that's just me. Um, so, you mentioned that you're too nice and you're kind of quiet, I mean, not to say you're not personable when somebody gets to know you, but do you think over time, do you think officiating is going to get you out of your shell, do you think it's going to change your personality in a good way. Not that it's going to change who you are, right? but do you think you're going to be more assertive? Do you think you're going to be more forceful in speaking to people? Do you think it's going to help your people skills moving forward? Well, I think to where I, to where, to where I, to where to get where I want to be, I think I'm going to have to, you know, change something. Cause right now I'm, I'm, I've been told I'm too soft. Right. And I got to find a way to toughen myself, mm -hmm. make myself more assertive, assertive, more confident. And, uh, you know, I I know as time will go, I'll start to get more assertive with refereeing, and I know it'll help me be a more confident person in real life. Yeah, I, I wasn't meaning that you're not confident in what you do, but, you know, I do know what it's like that, and I'll say this, and I'll, I'll share this with you. Um, uh, whatever I lack in skill, even though I have a lot of skill, I think what puts me over the top is that I'm Papa Jr., you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I can, I'm able to speak to people and they, at some point they, they kind of forget that I'm a ref. They're just like, wow, you just so happen to be a ref. But I think first and foremost, I'm a people person right. and I like to speak to people and whatever, whatever it, I don't carry it over me, especially when, when we start getting resistance from teams. But, you know, I will say that it's really hard to elevate when you don't have that personality, when you're just kind of dry. So you know, I think it's an important skill as much as it is um, the skill of officiating is that you're a people person. Because if you're not an approachable person, if you're not able to withstand things that people say, if you're not willing to discuss back and forth something that you saw and, you know, you're just like you put your hand up and you say, that's enough. I don't want to speak to you. It's really going to be hard for you to move further as an official. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. John's a great person to try and model after. He's the man. It'll be 63, 63, five seconds left in the game. We'll be at the free throw line. He'll come up. He'll ask you how you're doing. Like, John, it's five seconds left in the game. Like, I'm, I'm trying to win. But, you know, that's just how he is, and, and that's why everyone loves him so much. And yeah. I, I don't think I've ever shared you, with this with you is that, you know, as much as a, a, a proud of, like, my style – when I see him, I'm like, man, I, I can't even do that. I can't do that. You know how sometimes, right. like, guys, game's on the line. Good shot. <laughs> Two shots. It's like, who does that? Yeah. I can't do that. I, I, it's it's amazing. Okay, so uh, year one is almost done. Where do you see yourself in year two? How do you want to grow? Do you want to be doing PSAL games? Do you want to be doing City Catholic games? What What is your intention now? Well, right now I think I'm going to... Try to uh, do CYO. Okay, that's try to good. Go that route, and then after that, I want to try to go to the Catholic high school games. You don't want to do PSAL, not PSAL. Not okay, me. I mean nothing against PSAL. I went to, I went to a public school I myself, but uh, I think it's just more exposure towards the Catholic route. Um, maybe I can get further that way. If you I, can rather than going the PSAL way. You can, of course. 
Well, believe it or not, um, next year, uh, the reason, one of the reasons why I tried to get into 119 is because I'm trying to do PSAL games, which is kind of counterintuitive for what you're saying, but <clears throat> I think it's going to make me a even more well-rounded official that I'm doing adult leagues, I'm doing, you know, Nassau County games, Catholic City games, and, you know, I just think the last piece of the puzzle is those really difficult public school public games school in the city. Right, yeah. No, but uh, I talked to Roman the ref, you know him. Mm -hmm. um, volleyball? Yeah. Volleyball, yes, yes. Volleyball. That one. And, uh, you know, he was telling me, keep all your options open. Because I told him, I was like, I think I want to go to the Catholic He was like, don't listen to any of that. Just do everything. And then <coughs> as time goes on, you'll see what you like. Mm -hmm. That's and, true. And, That's also true. Yes. And, uh, you know, right now I'm going to do CYO, mm -hmm. see where it goes. You know, it's easier to deal with, you know, middle schoolers rather than high school coaches. But, I'm already at year two of not doing any CYO. So that's okay. how much work there is. Right. Because if I want to do CYO, I could do it all day, every day. But I choose not to do it because I have so many other options. Got it, got it. So back to SABO, what's your experience refing the guys that you've built up all these relationships over time now? Have they been keeping it easy on you? Or? Yeah, they usually, you know, I don't, so far no one's said anything to me, but uh, I know I know usually everyone who's playing. And, uh, you know, they they look at they, the first couple of weeks they saw me, they were like, this guy's a referee now? What is, mm. what is going on, right? And uh, just, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard. Knowing like I know everyone, but you gotta keep the relationships out of out of refereeing. Yeah, because like you, I was told by someone, you're only as good as your last call, right? So someone will be happy one week, someone will be mad the next week. Mm -hmm. It's just how it goes. Someone's gotta be the villain, so why not the referee? Yeah, it's much more difficult. Like in your situation, that you built up all of this relationship over time. As for me, I built up the relationship as I've been working there. So it's it's like coming from a different place. Right. Okay. So out of all of the things that you've done in terms of SABO running the clock, doing the stats, uh, playing, and now officiating. What if? What do you find to be the most enjoyable thing? And if you had to rank them, how would you rank them? So number one would definitely be playing. I still love playing. I'm still young. Mm -hmm. You know, I still want to get better at basketball. You know, one day maybe I'll play in SBL D1, you know, and <laughs> win MVP. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just want to get better at basketball. So definitely playing with people I know definitely helps. Uh, second, I would say officiating. I, I definitely like officiating more than stat keeping. You know, nothing against you know, stat I keeping. I got you. But uh, it's, you're just more involved in the game. And the pay is better, too. You know, that that's a that helps influence the decision, too. But, um, you know, stat keeping always going to be my first love. You know, uh, the things you're good at, you should never let go. And I feel like I'm a good stack keeper. So for now, I don't want to let it go. Maybe in the future. Mm -hmm. But uh, like Shajan, right? You know Shajan. Yeah. He's, he's uh, Number he's, five. You got five fouls. Yep, Number yep. five. He's he's the best stack keeper we have. 1,000%. And, and, you know, he has a really good job right now. Uh, but he still loves stack keeping. And, and he comes every week, enjoys what he's doing. And, you know, hopefully I could be like that later yeah, we're on. We're happy to have him, for sure. Yeah, he's, for sure. He's good. For sure. He's he always, also has amazing leftovers in his Tupperware. <laughs> and I was trying to tell him this yesterday. I remember he only had one chicken wing in there once. And I was like, what's up with the one little chicken winglet? And he was like, that never happened. I'm like, come on, man. I see you every day. You always got the roti or the something good. Right, right. He's also the... The strictest enforcer of uh, Cash's rules. 1,000%. Because Cash has some very unique rules. I mean, but and there's a lot of leagues, 
but nothing's as good as this league. Cash's rules are unorthodox, but they work. Yeah, and, and I was... And he's, I was, he's, he's done a great job with this league. 1,000%. And I'll say that sometimes you're like, yo, Cash got too much power, but Cash got it locked, man. People, people are wearing the right things. Yep. I mean, everything is self-correct. You can't dunk. No one has the iPad anywhere That's except true. here. That's true. And, and, and the jerseys, any league you go, Crescent, Long Island Hoops, everyone's just wearing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. It's just so frustrating as a stack keeper to have to deal with that. But 1,000%. Here, we don't have to deal with that ever. Um, so you mentioned what it's going to take to get to where you are. You're going to break through your shell. Um, what's it going to take to get to where you want to go, you think, outside of everything that you have already said? Well, hopefully I can become a college referee, preferably D1. It's just it's hard, though. You know. Well, I, I'll definitely say that you definitely 1,000% have a great potential to do so, and that's why I keep telling you, you know, we got to get you in because you got to get more reps for right. sure, for sure. But you can definitely go further than I could ever go, 1,000%, and I'll just say that. You could be a better ref, but, you know, if people say I have intangibles that, you know, you I'm, just I'm telling teach. you. I'm just telling you. But, you know, hopefully college... NBA might be a stretch, but definitely college. Because right? I mean, the closer you are to the game, the, the game that you love, you know, the better it is. And definitely the money is great too. Mm-hmm. Can't complain about that. But you know, just seeing Brandon Cruz, he's our he's our assistant instructor in the class. You know, he's doing Big Ten games. You know, you just look at him like, you know, maybe one day I could do college games, Big Ten games. You know, maybe the tournament. Mm-hmm. Small goals like that. Well, it's a big goal, but, you know, every day you got to have a smaller goal to help reach that big goal. No, but I think what's great is that you think about somebody like Brandon Cruz and then somebody like me who's kind of nowhere near, but right. I'm doing a lot of big things myself. So right. there's always levels. And on top of that, at the very least, you're still getting paid and you're still having fun. A lot of money. That's true. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, we're, we're, we can all succeed together. That's true. Right? Yeah. Um, so after that, what are your final thoughts, man? Uh, First of all, I, I did before all that. I wanted to ask you: Are you surprised how much you liked officiating? Do you think you found it more enjoyable than you thought you would? Uh, at, at first, you know, I thought I was going to be because I've seen refs get screamed at, yelled at, have to you know deal with the circumstances that, that surround a game. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I did I did a scrimmage once in Franklin Lane High School, and I was just doing it for practice, and I, you know, everyone's yelling at me, and I'm just like. I have no I don't even know the rules yet. Everyone's just yelling at me. I have no idea what's going on. And I told you about this scrimmage. And you said, you said I was a deer in headlights, right? Yes. That's exactly what I was. I had no idea what was going on. But, uh, you know, seeing that, you know, I thought, you know, it's going to be hard uh, having to deal with everything. But now that I officiate, you know, it's not high school games. But, you know, having to deal with, interact with people, deal with people, you know, I can see it's a little bit easier than I had first imagined. Mm. Yeah. But it's also hard at the same time. It's very hard. It's a very hard <laughs> job. It's Yeah, because it's a lot different when, I'll give you an example. I uh, was in Staten Island the other day. Mm-hmm. I did Monsignor Farrell versus St. Joseph by the Sea. There's about 4,000 people there. And both of the student bodies are there. And they're screaming at the top of their lungs. To the point where you cannot hear a whistle. And you're just basically left to your mechanics to communicate with the table. Because it's just too loud. It's deafening. I mean, you can't hear nothing. Right. And... Just to think that, you know, two years ago, I was just doing middle school games. And now I'm, I'm like, this is, this is, I mean, it's insane. And, you know, it's the confidence that you have in the small things of, you know, doing a good job in CYO, doing a good job at SABL, that at some point when you get there, you'll be ready for the moment. But 
you can't skip steps. And that's what I always say. It's, right, right. I guess that's hard to, to say, especially when you feel like, you know, maybe you've mastered one thing and you feel really good that day. And then, you know, just like you said, you're only as good as the last time you blew the whistle. Yeah. You might have a bad call. You might have had a bad game. And that, yeah. you know, that's why you have to have tough skin to keep going. But that's really good that you're, you know, embracing it. It's, yeah. a, it's a fun thing. Sometimes you make a bad call and you're thinking about it for the next two or three plays. But you don't got time. Sometimes you just got to let it go, mm-hmm. right? And then after the game, you know, sometimes you'll be demoralized. But you got to keep fighting back. You know, every game is unique. Every game is something new. And you learn something new every time. And, and, and for new referees, that's the only thing I can say is just never keep your head low. Just you make a mistake. Sorry, keep going to the next one. You know, people are going to say, you know, oh, you're, you're a bad ref. You don't know what you're doing. You know, but you just got to be confident in your in your ability to referee. Now, have you convinced anybody else to, to officiate now? I did, I did. So my cousin, Arvinder, he's uh, also a stack keeper. Um, I told him to take the class, so he's going to take the class this September. Awesome. And, and hopefully we can start a sort of a family business of refereeing uh, going future because, you know, he has a younger brother. We have another another cousin after that. And, you know, hopefully make a name for ourselves. That's awesome. you have any final thoughts before we part ways? Uh, no. I j- thanks for the opportunity for being here. Um, you know, just it's hard being a new ref, but, you know, with the support I have. you got great support, man. Great you support. have great support. I Trust me, I know, because for other refs, it's, for other new refs, it's hard. I'm you sure know, you told me. You know, it was hard for you at first. I didn't know anything. I didn't know yeah, nobody, nothing. But, you know, but I'm me, so I was, I was going to figure it out at some point. Right, right. You know, I'd go to those CYO games. I'm like, so what do I need to do to do this? You know, but luckily everything's built in and everyone is willing to help because we're not going to we're not going to leave you yeah, stranded. Yeah, for sure. And just build great relationships with everyone you meet, uh, all the referees, all the officials, stack keepers, anyone, because you never know, you know, when you see them in the future. You know, I have great support. I have you, I have John. You know, so I'll never feel like, you know, I'm alone. But moving forward, I'll, I'll want, I want to get to bigger and better things. You will. Refereeing. You will. Cool, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your friendship. You're, yeah. you're an outstanding young man. And for Sandeep Singh and Ralph the Ref, this is The Rant. We are out. Peace.